0: back. And we're live. Welcome to another episode of podcasting with Bay. I'm your host, M Dollars, along with my co-host,
1: Wits and Grits,
0: Miss Wits and Grits. And we're trying out some new stuff here, guys. You know, we went out. I bought a few things, so I'm testing things out right now just to see exactly how it plays. Have to if it improves the sound or not. So I'm a little excited yeah the setup
1: is kind of crazy i need to see you like i can't see you i don't like that i can't see you
0: well i like it so this way you focus on on my voice you listen to what i'm saying instead of trying to play off my expressions
1: it's just weird it's weird i I need to see the face but if it makes it sound better we gotta do what we gotta do
0: exactly all right so today we got a special podcast um It's going to be very personal and it's going to delve into some issues that I was dealing with um, starting back in last December up until around April. And we're going to deal, you know, jump into like mental healthness. What did I say? Mental healthness? Mental health. (laughs) It's okay. We're going to talk about- That's
1: because uh, you can't see me. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, God. All right. So we're going to talk about mental health. Uh, we're also going to discuss um, the various stages of depression that someone might go through and how that relates to my cur- uh, not current situation, but, you know, former situation. And also, we're going to get perspectives from both of us uh, based on that scenario. So you'll hear from me on how I was going through the various stages. And I think we'll probably do like at each stage, we'll each speak and tell, you know, how how we felt. Yeah. And I think that might be a good way to go about it. Um, but it should be pretty deep. Like I said, it was a very tumultuous time and experience. Wouldn't you say, babe?
1: Yeah. Um, it definitely was a experience. I think dealing with COVID and your depression um, and being pregnant, it was a lot. I I held it through, but we'll, we'll go into details like you said, but um, it was a lot. It was definitely, but it's an experience I wouldn't change. I'm glad we went through it, and I'm glad we kind of went through it during COVID, if that makes sense. I don't know. Would you want it to be different than not COVID?
0: Or? Um, well, no, I think... When it happened, and I remember you used to, to, you know, in the beginning, um, you know, Whitney was very positive about everything. And she was constantly telling me that, listen, you know, don't get yourself down. You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Everything happens for a reason. And try to use this time to find yourself and to find your inner peace, as well as get in touch back with your spiritual side. And I'm not going to lie to you it's very hard when you're going through uh, an issue where it's not just you anymore, but you have a family. So, you know, in your head, you have, you're thinking you have mouse that's depending on you to come through and do your part. It's very hard to kind of focus and try to think about that particular aspect of, Oh, let me, you know, take some time off. Like I always said, if it was by myself, I think, how I handled the situation would have been much different, and I don't think I would have been so stressed. But like I said, we're gonna get into it, guys. Um,
1: Wait, I meant to. I want to piggyback off of that, um, guys. He will always tell me, "Well, if I was by myself, I mean, sorry. If I, well, if I was by myself, it wouldn't be like this. I wouldn't be so stressed. I wouldn't be so worried." And I will always tell him, "But you're not by yourself anymore." Like, get out of that mindset. So the first thing I would kind of want to say is like, whenever you're depressed or whatever situation you're in, don't piggyback off of well, what if or when I was by myself or when I was 18, whatever. Try to live in the moment or at the time that you're in the present, if that makes sense. Does that make sense, babe?
0: Um it does. And I I totally get what you're saying and I think once we go through everything I think the listeners will also get a better aspect of what you're saying as well. Yeah. Um all right. So let me set the stage. This this all started back in December towards the end of December uh around December 29th. Um I got in some issues at my work, at job, at my job and I'm not going to go too detailed into what it was just because that's now in the past, and I'm, you know, looking forward and getting past it. But just know that it was to the point where they had um, an investigation being done on myself as well as a bunch of the coworkers, and basically we were suspended without pay. So December 29th, they took our um, work passes, and they, you know, they said, "Listen, you guys are out out of work until we conclude this." And until you guys have an arbitration hearing, uh, basically through the union, the union uh, dictated that whenever anyone is up, oh, I'm sorry, I was up for termination. They were trying to fire me and along with my other six co-workers. So there were seven of us that they stated that we weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing. And like I said, I'm not going to get into the minute details of it, just know that I'm calling that bullshit, but it is whatever. Based on that, what they're saying, they said, listen, you guys aren't doing what you're supposed to do. So you guys are now up for termination. Um, so December 29th comes around. They take our pass. And I'm going to tell you how I was feeling that day. They called me down around eight o'clock. And let me. T- so if it's one thing about me, I don't know if Whitney's aware of this, but when I get nervous, I tend to just start taking shits everywhere. And it's not just me. I think most people do that. And I think that's just a natural body response because they say it's the flight or fight response where you you get pumped full of adrenaline and your body tries to empty out and make yourself lighter and faster. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Listen, you guys are laughing, but it's the
1: truth. Baby, I never had that experience. But, you know, that's my typical saying. That ain't never happened to me. <laughs> I never had that experience.
0: <laughs> so, wait. You've, you've never been so nervous that... I'm shitting? That <laughs> all of a sudden you just had to go to the bathroom? No.
1: No. Wow.
0: so Okay, I guess... All right, then. I guess it's just me. Yeah. Okay. All right, then. But listen, so that's what happened. They called me down there. I went down. They took my work pass. And basically... that happened around say 10 o'clock so basically at 10 o'clock on december 29th i'm out of work no more no checks no nothing right and i remember i called whitney up and i said yo man because i I made her aware of what was happening i told her hey they they did a they had called me down to ask questions whatever and i'm not sure when the shoe's gonna drop but the shoe's about to drop And so December 29th, it happened. Now, that first day, I was nervous. I was anxious. I was uh, full of anxiety. I didn't know what the next process was. You know, we had the union uh, representatives there and he was telling us, listen, guys, you know what, just sign here, sign there. And then we'll we'll reach back out to you and follow up to give you what the process is and what the next steps we're going to be doing. And that was it. You know, it wasn't like they gave you like a pep talk like, hey, listen, man, you know what? We got your backs. So you guys don't worry about this. Um, you know, we're going to be here for you. Da, da, da. No, it was just sign, sign, sign. All right. We'll call you when the next process or the next step is ready. So suffice to say, I'm nervous. I, I, I obviously I, I took like an hour down there where I just sat and just stared out because this was down by. um in, The end of Manhattan. So if you're from New York. it's That's basically
1: Brooklyn, no?
0: No, it's because Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, it's
1: Manhattan. It's it's right before the bridge. It's Bowling
0: Green. So, yeah, the next stop on the train would be Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yeah. Yeah, so I sat by the water for like an hour just kind of contemplating. How the hell did I get here? And then came home. And at that point, like I said, you're still in the denial I'm in the denial phase where I'm just like, I can't believe this is happening. But you know what? Let's see how tomorrow plays out. So from that time until around. Uh, I would say mid-January, because they had a scheduled to go before the hear to have a hearing on the 20. 20- no, on the 18th, 18th of January, I believe it was. But the lawyer was like, we're not ready yet. We can't go out because we don't have all the necessary information to properly defend you guys. So we can't go. So now around that time, like I said, I'm still anxious. It's mostly anxiety that's 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 bothering me here. You know, stress levels are up, but it's not it's comp- it's 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 manageable at this point. But, you know, I'm I'm very anxious. I'm very on edge because I've never been in a situation like this, so therefore I'm not sure what's happening. And like I said, the union is not communicating with me verbally to give me a heads up like, hey, this is what's happening behind the scenes. This is what we're trying to do. It's static silence from their end. So I remember I think we were I was at a. Babe, I think, isn't that the time we went to go do the massages or whatever? Because you said I was very stressed. Yeah. Yeah. I think we went to go get massages because it was still, it was covered by insurance. We didn't really have to pay anything. It was therapeutic massages. So it was covered on. there. Oh, yeah.
1: Shout out to our massage therapist in Manhattan.
0: Yeah. Shout out to him. Mr. Kendall. Kendall? Yes. All right, Mr. Kendall. Shout out to you, boss. Yeah. So we went out. And we were down there and I remember I blew up the the the, the union rep that's, you know, in charge of my department. And I said, yo, I don't understand how I'm going through this situation. And I got to call you to hear from you rather vice versa. Like you guys are over here telling me that you're for the workers and you're for the whatever, whatever, whatever bullshit. But I'm the one reaching out. And then, you know, they give you the whole political spiel. Oh, yeah, bro, you know, um, I was about to reach out to you. You know, we're working hard. Da, 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 da And from that point, they were a little more involved. But I had to go off on these guys. Again, push my stress levels up a little more. So that's the denial phase. I was through all of January. I was in, I was in complete denial of what was happening because I was just like, there's just no way they can fire me for this. You know, um. But like I said, so my symptoms at that point, I call that my denial phase. Um, Anxious. I was. uh, I didn't have a lot of patience at that point. Like normally I don't really have a lot of patience, but I think it went down very, very low.
1: Well, let's not say you don't have a lot of patience, which with having kids now, your patience has gotten.
0: So it's been better.
1: Yes, it has gotten better, but from my side, um, just chiming in real quick before I forget. Well, no, no,
0: actually, you know what? You jump in now and you tell them from your side how I was. Well, before you do, let me just run through my my what I thought my symptoms were. Yeah, yeah. So for that. say
1: that, and then I can say, and then you
0: jump. Yeah. yeah. So my symptoms were, like I said, um, anxiety. It was very mild depression, but it wasn't crazy yet. It was just very mild. I was um on edge. I guess that's another form of anxiety. Low patience. Lower patience than normal. And also that was about it. I think those are like my three my three main issues at that point. Because again, fairly new and I was just going through the motions at this point, trying to figure out what's happening. All right. Jump in.
1: All right. So this is the in denial phase, right? Um, that's what you call it.
0: Yes. The in denial phase. Yes.
1: And I, I think that's a great um, topic or a great name for it. Because the first thing I would say is I was asked you to say, Marcel, but where are you doing your job? And you was like, yeah, but no. And I was like, but were you doing your job? And then you still kind of make up an excuse. And then I was like, he's in denial. He doesn't get, he doesn't get it that what you know, like I just it was just clear that you were very in denial. And so then when it came down to your patience, that's how I knew you were stressed or I wouldn't even say stress. Well, yeah, I guess that's how you deal with your stress because that's what I learned With Bryce came home. It was the same type of situation in the beginning. So your patience, I couldn't say anything. You just like a snap. Like you were very nasty. Um, but I just knew it, had, it pertained to the job. But And it wasn't too bad. Um, I will say you're a type of person, you don't really express your feelings right away. You've gotten better. You have improved a lot because you used to never tell me how you feel. I would have to ask you, felt like I was pulling teeth, still feels like I'm pulling teeth, but at least I get a response out of like, this is wrong. I'm okay. But you can see it like you don't know how to hide it so I would definitely say yeah the in denial was there and the patience no patience was there the anxiety and and there's something else you said anxiety and what was it babe uh,
0: so what I said I said I was anxious Anx- Anx- Yeah, I mean anxious and anxiety I think cause it's like the same, same thing, thing. Mm-hmm. yeah it was but my- the
1: the ancientness is if that's a word, um was not there, like I didn't see that not yet,
0: okay, all right, so this was in January, so now they pushed it back, so they they are not they, but I should say our union representation uh decided that we weren't ready yet to go to trial, then trial is referring to us going in front of the arbitrator and, you know, uh, putting our case out. And as the reason why the, um, the judgment TA or the, the judgment, the job is trying to get should not be upheld. So we pushed it back to like, uh, say two weeks. So every pushback is two weeks. So if we were on the 18th, I'm I'm just ballparking here, guys. Don't judge me. I think we went to like February 10th or something. It was a little bit before Valentine's Day. So now at this point, it's a it's well, been over.
1: It was longer than two weeks, babe. Every pushback was was close to three weeks or a little bit longer. That's why when they had the last pushback, I was just like, remember I said, uh, baby, it's gonna be longer. He's like, no, 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 it'll be. And then remember when it happened, he was like. Wait, you was right. Remember? The last yeah. pushback. Oh, yeah.
0: You know what? You're absolutely so correct. So it's always
1: close to three weeks to a month. It was a far pushback.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I apologize. Sorry about that. So we got pushed back to, say, mid-February. And now it's it's over been a month. And so now I'm entering another phase now. And I call this phase the, uh, what would I call this is the depression phase. This is the this is where it hits me that I'm not going back to work as quickly as I thought I was, as I would. Right. And also at this phase, it kind of there's this inkling in the back of my head where I, I'm starting to realize something that my self-worth is... is connected to my job, right? So that I see myself, I I see my worth based on the fact that I'm still working and I'm bringing in a paycheck to the household. So me being out this this amount of time, now suddenly it's really starting to, it's like you feel a weight coming down because now you start, I'm starting to think about, Well, now we got to pay the fucking bills. Rent is coming up. Got to pay the fucking rent. Uh, We got to pay phone bills because if there's two things you can't live without in this world is your phone and Internet service. Like you can lose your cable. That's fine. But you have to keep your Internet service on because that's. That's how you communicate with the world. You know, you do your emails or whatever, whatever. Phone when you need it because you need to take phone calls. I need to communicate with the union. I need to speak to other people and, you know, try to figure out ways in which I can earn a hustle during that time. So now I'm stressing over that, stressing over those two things. I'm also stressing about, well, you know, my wife is pregnant and.
1: And I wasn't like early pregnant because. Baby came in March. I'm pretty far along.
0: Yeah, in my pregnancy, we're talking what seven, eight weeks. I mean, eight eight weeks, like eight, eight months.
1: months. I'm I'm about to. I'm basically seeing the doctor once a week.
0: Yeah. So you know that's added stress under. And then I forgot to mention too. So there's one caveat caveat that the union did not tell us when this whole thing started, and that was. When it comes to, we are
1: going to lose the insurance.
0: Yeah, when it comes to insurance through your job. Now, I'm not sure about all jobs. I'm only speaking about mine. You're only prorated one month from the time you stop working, right? So, what happens is I stop working on December 29th. My insurance, well, not not that it's going to cut off the employer has the option of terminating the insurance 30 days from that date now that's a big thing that's something that you know i think you everyone you when something like this happens you need to let people know like yo listen here's a checklist of things that could or might not happen depending on how long you're out please make the appropriate um uh, not changes but pr- the appropriate decisions to make sure that your you and your family are still covered. So I think they had called us in. This was towards the end of January and I'm 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 going back here guys so bear with me just for a second cuz this is very important. Uh towards the end of January, I think maybe a week before the 20 before the month was supposed to be over, I was down, you know, in the city having a one-on-one conversation with the lawyer.
1: Wait and- babe. It's actually less than a week And I remember this specifically What you're about to say Because that's when I was like Uh oh So it was like a few days We had like three days left At the end of the month Just saying
0: And you're absolutely correct You're right It was about to Because I remember we said Holy shit That's only four days away
1: Yeah It was really close It was really close Yeah
0: So having the one on one With the lawyer and then, and by the way, the lawyer is provided by the union. Um, but we do have the option if we want to go out and get outside representation. Obviously, you have to pay for them. But, you know, that's just how that works. So having a one on with the lawyer and it only comes up through just random conversation where he was just like, oh, something, something, something. And you guys been out since when? How long now? And I said, oh, since December 29th. And he says, oh, wow, yeah, that's right. Oh, it's about to be 30 days now. Yeah, the insurance is about to cut off. And I said, wait, what? He's like, yeah, insurance, you know, it cuts off after 30 days. Of you." And then he saw the look on my face and he was just like, oh, shit, no one told you? And I said, no, I thought I would still have that until I'm either fully fired because technically, I'm still an employee. I'm just suspended. And he says, no, generally how it works, if you're suspended without pay, per the, the, the actual definition, you're technically fired because you're not getting paid and you're not on the payroll. You're technically fired. He's like, "Yo, at this point, you can go out and get a job and they couldn't say anything to you. You can go apply for unemployment. He's like, I'm not sure how you might get it or not, but you know that's that's your option. You're not te- you're technically at this point fired technically, and he says, per how the contract and everything is set up, thirty days from the date of your last day worked, they will terminate your insurance. And now, as Whitney said, yeah, that's literally four days away. Now, when I tell you. I don't know if you guys under what stress levels fly. Like my head started. I instantly got a headache. Instantly. I mean, my head started pounding. I started hurting and I was just like, oh shit. And I remember calling Whitney and I was just like, yo, if you got any upcoming appointments, you need to go handle these as quickly as you possibly could because we're about to be fucked. Like. I'm in my head, I'm just like, oh shit, Bryce got appointments. What are we going to do? The debate Marley. Marley's is growing and Whitney needs to see this doctor weekly. What the fuck? I, and I literally, I remember I walked out that hall. I sat down. I was hyperventilating. I mean, I wish my hands were shaking and in my head I was just like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. Because oh, I had no idea what, like I was drawing blanks and I just, I, I felt horrible. I felt sick inside. I feel like I wanted to throw up. I need to take a shit. <laughs> 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 I did but dude, you know, that's, that's, that's how it is. I, I felt like I needed to take a shit. And at that point, I would say my stress levels was at a nine, a nine, and all through the month of February, it stayed at a 9.
1: Gee, I think it went to a 10. So you know why I say it went to a 10? Remember.
0: No, no. Let's not talk about that yet. Because I'm going to get to that. But I had to backtrack just to talk about the insurance part. Because that's oh, yeah. what pushed my yeah, stress to levels the to the stratosphere. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, that's what pushed it. So, all right. Fast forward now. We're in February. And insurance is gone. And, you know, we got to have this money talk almost every other night. Not every, I'm sorry. Maybe every other, every two, three days we're having this money talk.
1: Can we rewind back to how I felt when you came to me about the insurance? Yes, please. So you give me a call. You was like, babe, uh, you can't go to your appointments anymore. I don't like you were freaking out and you was like there's no more insurance and i was like what was my response if you remember
0: the wildest thing ever this girl on the phone with me and she goes okay, oh, okay. no problem no problem we'll figure it out and i was just like you, you didn't hear what i just said i said they're gonna cut it off in like three four days and your response was
1: it's fine we'll be okay i have insurance
0: Yeah. And I was and for me, that even caused me to become even more stressed because I was like, how could she be so fucking calm when I'm telling you the whole world is crashing down around us? And it's crazy because
1: it's crazy how everything lines up and how God puts everything in the order that he wants you to go through instead of that you want to go through. So for me, probably like two months, no, three months prior, I started to do therapy. And so I had a life coach, well, not a life coach, but I had a therapist and then I had a coach and I would talk to them once a week and through, this was a three month course. Um, shout out to Able to. It's a it's a company, therapy company um, that you talk on. I mean, that you do through virtually, and you get a coach and you get a therapist for three months. It's amazing. So if your insurance can cover it or whatever, I recommend everybody everybody try Able to. So anyway, I took this course. It helped me deal with anxiety, stay positive, all this stuff, right? Which basically prepared me through the situation that we went went through with Marcel of being what what do you call this? Depressed, depression.
0: What it, the, this whole
1: the whole thing that you went through?
0: Oh yeah, I went, I was, uh, went through depression.
1: Yeah, it just basically preparing me to be able to handle Marcel's depression. Um, so anyway, back to the what we were saying. For when I told him that it'll be okay, the insurance we got insurance, we're all good. I just remember him coming in the house, he was still freaking out, and I just kept saying, like, We're fine. We have insurance. It might not be the insurance that we want to deal with, but we have insurance. We'll still be able to have Marley. We won't have to pay out of pocket. We're good. We have Medicaid. No worries. That's it. Go
0: ahead, baby. Yeah. So, um, now, mind you, for me, while she was staying very positive and very um, calm, it was, it didn't Register for me too well. For me, that kind of irritated me the way she was so calm because I'm freaking out. I'm fucking, uh, my head hasn't stopped hurting me all of February. So every day I woke up with a headache, every day I was popping Advil's trying to calm this stuff down. I was stressing, right? So, you know, her positive vibe was rubbing me the wrong way because I was just like, how can she be like this? And mind you, Now, she was still out there trying to do her thing, and I'm not going to get too much into that. I don't know who's listening, but, you know, she was still doing her thing, whatever. But it made me even nervous because being so close to due date and and having her have to be ripping and running so much, you know, I felt that was undue stress that was put on her. And I felt it was my fault at another layer A stress on top of my head for that one, right? So now my stress level is 9.8. And it all came to a head. And I remember this quite clearly. Uh, I don't remember the exact date, what date it was. But I remember we had taken the boy over to um, his daycare provider. Shout
1: out to his best daycare (laughs) provider.
0: Yeah, shout out to her. And so, because that kind of gave... You know, uh, Whitney wanted me to have kind of my own time to myself t- and not having to be running behind and ripping and running. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: wait, let
0: me sell to
1: the listeners, Guys. I- Hello. OK, sorry. Mike wasn't on. My new setup is kind of throwing me off. But anyway, I would tell him, like, God put you in this situation. You need to try to relax. I'm going to still send the boy over to daycare every day, which is f- the full week, five days. Mind you, we split uh, childcare the half and half, but you know, I'm taking it all in, taking in all the bills, telling him, don't worry. I have saved up money. We're all good. Take this time to be to yourself god has put you in this situation to maybe tell you to calm down you need to be to yourself and figure out what you really want i remember before this conversation i mean before this situation i would have a talk with my brother so my brother pistol pete is um in california so we talk pretty regularly the count the The time difference is three hours. So in the morning, I'm able to talk to him because it's like, well, not, well, in the afternoon for me, I talk to him in the morning. It's his morning time. And then at night, when it's nighttime for me, it's more his evening. So we're able to talk and catch up. And I remember telling him, Marcel works too much. He works way too much. I don't know how I'm going to do both kids when they come. Because I already know both kids is a lot of work. This is crazy. I keep telling him he needs to stop working. And he just feels like he always has to work. And my brother was like, he's going to have to work. That's not fair. Like, he cannot have you in there with in the house with two kids. Is he crazy? Like, I don't want to have to have a talk with him. Because that's fucked up. Like, you cannot... Do two kids on your own. He's going to have to stop working. I was like, Pete, I've been telling this man he's not doing it. I don't know what's going to make him do it. And honestly, the whole me, the whole point of me saying this, this situation has made Marcel realize that I can be with my family. I need to be with my family.
0: Wait, 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 we're jumping ahead, we're jumping ahead. We're jumping ahead. Oh, okay, jump okay, ahead. sorry, 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 sorry. We have to save that for the end as we tell the story. Come on. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Aren't you not looking at the bulletin points we have set up here? Well, I can't <laughs> see with we're my setup. up. No, point. we don't have no set. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but, yeah, I would just tell him, like, don't worry, we'll be all good. But do you remember when I said... when? You hit nine point eight. We had sushi, remember?
0: And that's where I'm. That's where I'm. I'm that's where I'm going right now. Because this is where it all came to a head, and this is where everything exploded. So when Wyden Whitney was doing her therapy, she had recommended me as well. We, the insurance was still on in January, so she had recommended me to um, go ahead and try it, and I, I was just like whatever i'll do it so i signed up for it we still had it be
1: honest you weren't really feeling
0: it no 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 i wanted to do it because i was curious I've, i remember i've always said that i wanted to try therapy i wanted to try marriage m- m- couples therapy. couples therapy. I was about to say marriage though but yeah i wanted to try couples therapy And I also wanted to do individual therapy. I think the issue became that we were trying to do both of them at the same time. And it was just a a little too much for me at the time. Plus, the uh, individual therapy, I preferably might have wanted it to be like an in-person thing, like where I'm sitting on the couch and I'm just talking to somebody versus being over the phone. But either way, I'd signed up for it. And um, it, it was pretty it was pretty good. You know, um, the coach was nice. The therapist wasn't really my cup of tea, but she was also pretty good.
1: I mean, I know I'm looking from the outside in. I really feel like you didn't get the experience I got because you weren't doing homework or anything like that. And I had homework. And for you to say, "He oh, the therapist was nice. Yeah. You didn't get what you should have got out of it. The coach was great, I think, that you liked. But your therapist is supposed to be stronger to your coach. I mean, stronger than your coach. So I really wish you could have got that better experience.
0: Yeah. And, you know, what? maybe we'll. we'll I'll, I'll try it. I'll give it another try again, um, you know, maybe in a month or two. But anyways, guys, just to suffice. Um, yeah, so I I did that, and they had given me some techniques on how to better communicate and how to, you know, handle stressful situations. Well, let me tell you, all that shit went out the window. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, like that depression came on like a ton of bricks towards the end of the month. I had two more sessions. I didn't even answer yeah, the phone calls for them. <laughs> I straight said, fuck that. I want no parts of that bullshit right now. I can't handle it. And at this point, anger, my anger levels were spiking. My headaches, again, going crazy. I'm popping Advils every day. You know, Whitney's going crazy, telling me, slow down with the Advils. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I got you. I got you. I got you. And so. No,
1: no, 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 wait, wait. It wasn't a yeah, 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 I got you. It was a very nasty, like. Whitney, I do this all the time. Like, like it was snappy. It was not like, yeah, 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 I got you. It was a snap. Just saying.
0: Okay. All right. So, I, I remember the day now where it all came to head. And I know I've been trying to get to this point now for a minute. But, we had went up. So, the issue was that Whitney always keeps saying, I want to give you some time. I want to give you some time. But then she's always dragging me all over the damn Bronx running errands. So, I remember... We were running. We were ripping and running this day. And finally, it was maybe towards the end of the afternoon, maybe around lunchtime, because it was a lunch special we went to go pick up. And uh, we got there about one o'clock and we were in the car. And I remember she. I don't know if you if you were complaining and please don't jump in. Let me just finish. But I don't know if you were complaining or you were saying like X, Y, something, something. But it was just getting on my nerve. Cause I was just like, my God, yo, all she fucking does is complain. And now mind you, like I said, it might've been valid. what well, if she was saying, but I just did not want to hear that shit right now. And I was just constantly, and because I'm doing her errands, it's just, I guess she felt the need to just keep talking to me and trying to motivate me. And it just, irritated me more and more because I'm a person. I like to be by myself. It might not be healthy given this current situation to be to yourself, but I've always been that way. You know, it's always been me, myself and I. And so I've learned to deal with situations in solitude and compressing it, figuring it out and then moving along. So I'm not getting that time to To do that, to get all that compression and that solitude in because I'm with her and, you know, she's trying to help me out. So I remember we're sitting in the car and we went out and got the sushi. And I think the problem was I forgot she had asked for a particular thing because she's pregnant, so she can't eat raw sushi. She has to get cooked. And I remember she asked for a particular one. And for whatever reason, I guess it slipped my mind. A lot of things were slipping my mind again. Again, that's another thing, another symptom I have memory loss. I was just forgetting everything like if it didn't if it wasn't important to me, I didn't give a shit out one ear in one ear out the other. And I remember she was just like, "Baby, I specifically asked you to get me this and you couldn't get it to me. Like, come on. You know I'm pregnant and you can't be doing that." And it was at that point everything just hit 10. Um and I broke the, the well broke, the dam broke, and I just was just like, I can't fucking believe you fucking think about yourself when I'm going through this shit. All you fucking do is care about yourself. And I started crying. And guys, I'm not talking like the little two little tears running down your, t- your eyes thing. Hooey. I mean, like I am sobbing. Boo yeah, I'm ugly face crying. Ugly face. And I couldn't stop. Like I was, I was dry heaving trying to stop and it was just, it just kept coming out of me. And I was, I just literally, like I had to, I got a cramp in my side from crying so hard. Cause at that point I just felt, I hit rock bottom. I felt horrible. I felt like the nothing was right. I didn't want to be around anybody. I just, it wasn't to the point where I wanted to hurt myself. That, that never came into, in, into the equation but i just felt lower than low and i just wanted to just i wanted to go to superman's fortress of solitude and just be to myself until this shit was over and I, yeah i had to get out the car i remember i got out the car i mean snot tears down my face and i was just walking down the block just fucking crying and i could not stop like i made it around the corner and i leaned up against the wall and i'm telling myself like get it together get together and i would stop for a second and then it would just start back up again like literally guys i was just out of like people were looking at me like i was crazy one this this one lady gave me a piece of some tissue she didn't ask any questions
1: (laughs) yeah she bought she bought her own business
0: (laughs) Yeah, she didn't ask any questions. She yeah, a nice a old big, lady. Big, tall,
1: black man leaning up a
0: <laughs> crying
1: because we're in the suburbs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so she didn't ask any questions. She just gave me the tissue and just kept going, and like that was my breaking point. Like I, I didn't know that was it I- at that point. I had It felt good to get it out, to cry that much and get all of that out. I'm not going to lie to you because I was holding a lot of shit in. Like in retrospect, now looking back, I was holding a lot of shit in. I was very, very stressed. And I think my blood pressure must have been through the roof because I know I went to the doctor one time. This was at City MD and I forgot what I was getting done. Oh, yeah. We
1: were doing um, COVID because remember I was working. I did a. I was on. I was going to be on set. Yes, yes. So I had
0: to. She, she had a gig where she had to go on set, so she, I had to take her to the, uh, um, the 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 place to get COVID tested. Now while I was there, since it's free, I was just like, "Fuck it, I'll do it too." And I remember standard procedures. They you know the vitals, and I remember the lady looked at me. and was just like, "Holy shit, what's going on with you?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like oh, uh, your pressure is a little high. You want to sit down? And I was just like, no. She's like, oh, you feel OK? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm just going through some issues with work and everything. And she's like, well, you need to really re- kind of relax because it's, you know, it's kind of high. And so, yeah, at that point, I call that my rock bottom. I hit maximum depression and I was just out of it. Like, I felt horrible. And I remembered I spoke to the um i forgot who I spoke to i think i spoke to the th- i think i was still doing the therapy session because they were they were no. already paid yeah no i was cuz no. i told her about it oh, okay yeah so i was still doing it so i was still doing it and i told her you know what happened that i broke down and i cr- and she was just like that's good that's good get it out your system and for me it made me feel bad because I didn't. I never really showed emotion. If that was one one thing that I've always tried to avoid was to show emotion. I I always tried to be the rock. And honestly, coming from my point. Yeah, yeah. Tell it from you. so. So, guys, that wraps up my kind. Of my uh, what happens in February for me. So that was um, the depression, depression phase of what happened. So, and me. Br- I'm sorry, babe. Just to finish okay. up here. So me. Me breaking down at that point was the climax of all of that, because that was that that boohoo, ugly face crying was the release that I I really needed that I couldn't find by myself. All right, so tell me your viewpoint, up, babe.
1: So, someone who doesn't express their feelings, it's very hard, when you could tell that that they're in depression, it's very hard to get them out of depression. Or I felt like it was very hard for me to get you out because you weren't expressing how you were really feeling. And it's crazy guys, I'm actually getting more on the podcast on how he actually was feeling than when he was going through it. So that tells you how he keeps, he literally keeps a lot of stuff in. Hopefully we are getting better, but hopefully we can get even better than where, where we are. Um, but so, yeah, having someone keep their feelings in when I'm the type of person who expresses and I'm also trying to motivate, in my head, I'm saying, like, how can I continue to motivate him? How can I continue to get him to open up to me? How can I continue to tell him, like, everything's going to be okay when he still has a wall up and he hasn't realized it's not just him anymore. And I had to tell him that. Remember I had that conversation with you, babe. I said, it, you're not by yourself anymore. I'm here to help you. Like, you don't have to go through what you're going through by yourself. I'm your wife and that's why I'm here. Remember?
0: I do remember, I do remember that conversation. And I remember I kept saying, like, I get it. But I just need some time to myself. Yeah. And that was my big thing. But go ahead.
1: Yeah. So then I would try to give him time to himself. Um, And I most of the time I had him doing stuff, um, preparing for Marley or running me around Um, because it got to the point where my parent pregnancy for me, it was very hard for me to drive to do anything because I was so sick so it was good that he was off so he could run me around and I also know Marcel he's a worker he needs to work he needs to do something so we never told about like the jobs because that's a that's before that's why I kept you busy but basically Marcel at one point which was basically in January he felt he needed to work he wasn't bringing in any money so he felt like he had to find a job. Meanwhile, while I'm telling him, God has told you not to work. He wants you to relax. But Marcel don't listen. So
0: he. But, uh, just to interject there. But again, guys, remember a while back I stated that I remember my self-worth being tied into being able to actually bring income in. And so that's what that was. It was me saying that I got to be productive. I can't just be sitting around and having her deal with all the bills. That's not what a man does. Again, this is my thinking at the time. And I need to get out there and get it done. And that's why I was doing all these gig works, the side works, and all this other stuff.
1: So, yeah, he ch- trying to do these gig works. One, he started. DoorDash. DoorDash, no, but remember the hospital? You did try to do the hospital.
0: DoorDash was first. Okay. It was? Uh, DoorDash was first, though, because remember I was doing that and then the hospital thing came around.
1: Okay. Yeah, so I, I thought it was DoorDash the hospital for like first. A little while. And then you did. Okay. But you did the DoorDash, then the hospital job try to come around. He had to leave because we didn't have enough cars to commute and the commute was far. And so then he went back to DoorDash, and I just kept telling him, like, you don't have to work. You don't have to do this. I got us. We're good. But he felt like he still needs to work. So that's why I kept him busy. He basically built the nursery. He built our, um, what is this, babe, in the kitchen?
0: Um cupboards I guess the
1: cupboards he built Uh, the cupboards cupboards. like I just kept him busy because I knew he needs to do something to help with his depression and then of course sometimes every day I always ask him and this is our just Marcel and I's thing we get up in the morning we tell each other good morning I finally realized that he's not really a morning person (laughs) Um, he used to always say like, I talk too much and I'm too hyper and all this stuff. But I thought he was a morning person because he always does everything early in the morning. Like me, handles his business. So I figured he was a morning person. But no, Marcel is not a morning person. And I realized it finally by him being on his four month break. But anyway, so we always tell each other good morning and we always ask each other, How do you feel? So I will always ask him, like, how are you feeling today? Like, how is it? And he'll be like, hmm, okay. But I can tell when it's not that good. And so, like I said, this depression phase, he's, when I asked, he was like, hmm, okay. But it's bad. So, that's my perspective on it. I don't know if I gave, really great my perspective because it's just, it's just so much up and downs of four months of depression coming from someone. Um, I just knew, and I kept telling myself, and I kept listening to my devotionals every morning. Shout out to Rock City. Rock Nation. It's on YouTube. I love Pastor Mike and that situation, the not situation, but but their church. So um I'll just keep telling myself, Whitney, you have to stay positive. And I will pray and tell God to keep giving me the strength to be positive and stay strong for my husband. Because there is times during this time where I was like I don't know if I can do it. I didn't I don't know if I can be strong enough for him because he started to pull me into depression. Because like he even said I'm trying to motivate him and be positive and he's snapping on me. So, that was my
0: that was how I felt.
1: Does that make sense to me?
0: Yeah, and um you know, like like you said a couple times was when she was trying to motivate me and try to be positive um again from my perspective it it was like someone trying to pressure me pressure me to feel good and i didn't feel good i didn't i think the better word is i didn't want to feel good i wanted to wallow in the depression. I wanted it to overwhelm me and consume me because it was how I thought I should feel because I was failing my family. I, I, I didn't want to interact with anybody. I just wanted to be to myself. Context. Back in 2010, before I met Winnie, you know, back when we had that really bad depression. I don't know if you, anyone remembers that, but A lot of people lost their jobs and I was one of those persons Um, and I was out of work for a year. The first six months I was in depression, but there was a difference in how I handled how I was in that depression and how I was in this one, because then I only had to worry about myself. Uh, Like Whitney kept telling me, you know, um, you're not by yourself anymore. You have a family. And that was my thinking as well. But I was thinking that because. Yeah, I have a family, but now I have added responsibilities and I'm not living up to those responsibilities back in 2010 how I handled maybe not of work for the first six months sat on my PlayStation I would get up every morning first thing I do turn on that PlayStation and I'll stay on there till about 12 get up go outside walk around scratch my balls a little bit and then maybe around two three o'clock I'm back on the PlayStation till about 11 o'clock and I would do this repetitively day in day out an occasional go down to go check my my really best friend, my brother from another mother, junior. I'll go hang out with him and his family for a little while, then I'll come back, rinse and repeat. And it it gave and and what that did, it gave me time to kind of accept what was happening, be depressed about it, but also not. I wasn't stressing because again, it was just like, eh, it's all right, whatever, it, this shit'll pass, it'll be done. Different mindset different time frame uh, in this situation though the difference being that you have someone else you know who's with you you go to sleep you wake up you see them they're trying to motivate you you're like okay rinse repeat for like a month straight after a while it just tweaked me and I was just like I don't want to hear this but I don't want to be mean. But then again, I'm depressed, so it's coming off as mean. And now that's adding on because now I don't want to treat her bad. But it's, at times it's like, almost like I can't help it because I'm just like, leave me alone. Like, let me just be. Let me just go do my thing. But, you know, and. It's- and
1: it's funny that you said that because you never told me like, Whitney, just leave me alone. I just need to be to myself for some summit. Like, can we not do errands? Can we not do nothing? I just need time to myself. But this is coming from someone who doesn't express their feelings. And if you would have came to me that, like that way, I would have understood. I would have, I would try to understand like, okay, this is how he handles his depression. Leave him alone for a little bit maybe like a few days. I wouldn't, I'm gonna be honest, I wouldn't leave you longer than two days just to check and make sure it doesn't go too deep in depression, but I would leave you alone if it was communicated to me like, hey, babe, I just, I just need you to leave me alone. One thing I would say is it wasn't too often. I would say about 95%, 97% of the time, even though Marcel was depressed, he made sure his boy, Brycey, did not go through it. He would talk to him and tell him, like, I'm sorry, son. You have to be through this. Um, You have to go through what I'm going through. Uh, I promise you, I'm going to make it up to you. What would you say to him? Like, I promise I'm going to make it up to you. I'll never put you in this situation again. Right? Yeah, that's something like you would say. Yeah, that's about it. And, Bryce will still be smiling and just happy. And honestly, I think there are some days where Marcel probably could have been very deep in depression in his depression. Cause it was, I feel like it was up and down sometimes. Um, but Bryce made you keep going. If that makes sense. I don't know if he did. Um, but I feel like some day, sometimes, some days, he would make you have a smile on your face instead of being so, so sad. Plus, you had no choice to; you had to take care of him because I was so sick. Like, guys, when I say I was so sick with Marley, I Bryce always gets a book read right to him, and Marcella and I normally take turns for basically my whole pregnancy, my whole nine months. Marcel had to bathe Bryce, feed him, put him down, read him. He had to do everything 24-7 in during his depression. So, yeah, remember, Daddy, you were being super positive around your son, I felt like, um, during this time.
0: Just wanted to say that. And, um, yeah, I agree. He was the the, the the bright spot for me because you couldn't help but not smile when you get up in the morning and it all hits you like, shit, I'm not going to work. God damn it, here we go again. And then you go in his room and you just see this big smiling little face that's just like, and his favorite thing is always to say as soon as he sees you, hi. And that would just melt me. It would, I would just like, There'd be nights I put him to sleep and I would hug him. I would hold him for like a good five, like, you know, I pick him up, he falls asleep on my shoulder. And I would just hold him there for like a good five, six minutes, just kind of just soaking it in and like getting all that positive energy I can from him because he radiates positivity. And it would just calm me and it would really make me feel good inside. And in the mornings, you know, it it would help to start my day being around him. And we keep him on the weekends. And those would be the days where it would be fun. Now, the the, the sad part about it was because it's winter, we weren't able to really go outside. And but it, I think it brought me closer to him. And that plays into the part where Whitney was saying where she said I was working way too much. And I can admit to that, like I was talking myself out. But we're going to get to that. We're, we're done with the depression phase. We're about to jump into the acceptance phase, which is starts in March. The acceptance phase is me accepting that it is what it is. Fuck it. There's nothing I can do about this. Just got to see to where this goes. And I think me having that meltdown, that's the word I was looking for. Me having that meltdown helped me get to that acceptance phase. After I let out all those tears and that frustration and just ugly cried, faced it out, I think it made me kind of was able to go deep breath. (sighs) Okay. Where am I at now? And also, too, after a while, you 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 start to get tired. You're just like, I'm over this. Oh, when is this gonna end? Whatever, I don't care. But also, what helped was that we started getting unemployment, and now I felt I was contributing again because the money was coming in. I was able to. I felt I was able to take stress off her shoulders because, you know, Whitney had said, "Listen, I could hold us down till March." I could do March cover March. She said, after that, we're going to really need to crunch the budget and figure it out. So when the unemployment finally kicked in, I think that put kind of put me at ease a little bit more. And I was able to step back, take a deep breath and go, all right, we're not going to be on the street. Now I can kind of breathe. And now I can kind of, you know, sort of focus on some other stuff and do whatever. And I, so I think that's where I, like I said, I hit the acceptance phase. I think my stress level started to plummet at this point because now I'm in the, I, I just don't care, whatever. If I got to be unemployed for six, seven months, whatever, as long as I'm getting this unemployment, we'll be fine. And I'll figure something out along the line. But now I have some time to breathe and kind of figure it all out. And I'm not just rushing, trying to get into any little job I can just to get insurance and get you know money coming in and um so that helped and also to around this time guys i must tell you how stressed i was right i remember going in the shower one night and washing my hair and at this point i was trying to grow my hair i started growing my hair way back at the beginning of all this ordeal because i was like oh i'm gonna try to get dreads i just wanted to see how it was so i was (laughs) i knew that was coming I think I could have made it. If this never happened, <laughs> I'd have probably had him now. Come on, y'all, get up! Come on, let me let me hear it all.
1: Oh god, I can't uh, wait to this story. Okay, all right. Sorry, it was funny.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, it's not funny. They don't know why I'm laughing, but they gonna see. They gonna see.
0: So, long story short, I'm in the shower. I'm washing my hair, and my hair is pretty, pretty thick right now. Right now. And I'm washing it, you know, and I'm just like, all right, feels good, feel and then I get to the very crown of my head, the very top. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Why does it feel so thin right here? And I'm touching the sides nice and thick, go back to the top, nice and thin. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) And I remember I pulled all the babies up. Oh, Marley's up.
1: She might be just having a nightmare. Nightmare? Okay. Yeah. And she's so I remember
0: I pulled on the top of my head and I was just like, and hair came out. I was just like, what the fuck? And I, I finished showering, I got the shower and I called a witness. I said, Whitney, get over here. And I, I remember I bent my head forward and I said, tell me what you see. And her reaction, guys, was freaking priceless. All I heard was, oh my God. I said, what? she's like oh my god baby and I said stop playing with me tell me what you see she's like oh my god it's not good it's not good it's not good at all and I'm like do I look like Tory Lanez <laughs> now if you guys don't know what I'm talking about please google Tory Lanez google Tory Lanes head and just see if you see him that's what I'm picturing my head looking like and I'm just like, tell me what you see. So I'm like, yo, go grab the phone. Take a picture take so I can see what the hell this looks like. <laughs> and the whole time, she's just like, oh, my God. She's just like. I couldn't
1: well. even laugh, guys. I just kept
0: saying, oh, my God. Oh, And she's my just God. like, well, maybe if we get some oils and rub it in, it'll help. And I was like, yo, come on, stop playing with me. Yeah, and then I told him to
1: get um, some rogaine. We could get some rogaine. We could put it there. <laughs> was not trying to hear it and this it don't make it any better when pop Cook goes say oh yeah in our family we stand to start i started to thin right there too mind you pop is full ball
0: yo let me tell you something when i tell you my whole life flashed in front of me i was just like you gotta be shitting me this is how bad, but this shows you how bad I was stressing. I was going bald at the top of my head. My hair was falling out, and I don't know. If, I don't know if I said it, but it was to the point where I always had headaches, right? I Always had migraines, and my head was always hot, and my hair was falling out. So that's how bad should had gotten, and I, I had to cut it all off
1: yeah, because it got his hair everywhere else was growing, right? He It got pretty long. I could have twisted him up and everything. And, but I told him, I was like, baby, it's so thin right there, that the hair, the the the, 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 I can't even get my words out. The dreads are not going to cover over that bald spot. So, I think we might have to cut this off. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it, it was that bad, guys. And, I felt horrible because, like I said, you know, this was going to be my statement piece of me getting dreads and I just seeing how it looked. But I had to chop it off. So this bordered into the um, the acceptance part of it, and I think at this point I was just more like whatever. Stress levels went down. I cut the hair, and and we just, you know, at this, I think I started to get better. I started to try to regain a little bit more of myself. Self back again and like I said in retrospect now I tell Whitney all the time I don't know if I ever did but I always wanted to apologize to her because I put her through a lot during that time it wasn't intentional but it's just how I handled stress I, I wanted to be to myself and the more you push up on me trying to help me get out of a funk is the more I push against you to get away from me because I'm like I don't need all that positivity right now I just need to or figure this out. And it, it like I said, so my my, life, my lessons I learned from all of this was basically like I, you can't let a job dictate who you are. Don't let society, should I at least I say, dictate who you are and your self-worth to your family and to yourself. You know, we've been trained from a young age that a man should always provide And that if he's not providing, he's not worth much in society. And I think that stigma really played a part in my depression during this time. And I don't even know the the, what health things have. I haven't had a chance to even go to the doctor, get a full checkup. I know I put on a ton of weight. I'm like almost two fifty right now. Got to cut all of that down. But uh, you know, like I said, it. It was really eye-opening for me. It also taught me as well that I was working way too much. As Whitney alluded to, I was killing myself at this job, going in for every single little bit of overtime, trying to stack up all the money. And me being off, spending time with Bryce, spending, you know, being here with Whitney and seeing just how much she had to do being pregnant and trying to look after a little boy and plan baby showers and do all of this all during COVID, I was in awe like, holy shit, I was really I was really fucking you over, like without even understanding the, just how much it was. I wasn't being helpful to her. And this really opened my eyes and made me realize what's more important family over everything. Right. Like the the years of Bryce growing up, I will never get those. Any days that I miss, I won't get those back. You know, like I saw changes in him that I wasn't quite aware of. Like, wait, you could do that? Like, wait, you could go up steps like this? You know how to count so fluently now? You know, like his development was, I was missing a lot of it because I felt that I had to work to provide. Like my main goal, like I was providing... No one could say nothing to me because at the end of the day, I was doing what I had to do, but I was missing the more important stuff. You know, uh, Marley's pregnancy. I wasn't there like I was with Bryce. And that, to me, was wrong because with Bryce, I was hands on with Marley. I was working I was more trying to work. Oh, it's two kids. We got to stack up money, baby. We got to do this. Missing the big picture that. No, you need to help her out. Because now she's stressing herself out, trying to do all the stuff that I would probably be doing with Bryce that I'm not doing with Marley. I was fucking her over. So it was very in the long run. Now, looking back, like my wife said, Whitney said. Maybe me. This happening to me was the Lord saying that, hey, you need to chill out, son. You lost your way. You lost your vision. You lost your focus. You lost the impo- you lost what was important in the world. You started focusing too much on the material and not a mo- much on the family and the spiritual. And it was like a wake-up call, a slap in the ass. Get your shit together because this is just, just a warning shot I'm giving you. The next time I might not be so lenient to let you be able to get back and go back to your job. And yes, I got my job back. I'm back to work, whatever, but it's not the same anymore. Now I'm like, I'm not killing myself. I'm yo, know, all the time off my my days off are for family. The only time I do overtime now is if it's like, hey, we need a little extra money because we might want to plan a trip or something. Aside from that, it's family over everything for me. And uh, it's sad that it took that to happen but sometimes hey sometimes you need that and I think that was was well needed uh, for me for me should I say and so speaking
1: on that um I was listening to uh, Steve Harvey's motivation a few days ago or a week ago and he was saying that when you plant something right there, it's planted in in dirt, right? It's, it's not good. And we always say like, dirt, dirt, dirt. Like that's not dirt. Is dirty is being, oh, I'm sorry. Dirty is not considered good, right? But if you think about it, when you plant a plant, you need the dirt and the dirt is the soil. Without soil, it won't grow. So without the dirt, you won't grow. So what I'm trying to say is without the the loss of the job, the no income, he wouldn't have, I don't think you would have grown as we wouldn't have grown as a family, you know? You wouldn't have understood that family is important. I think you would have still built. I know you would have still been working. You would have been killing yourself because you think we need to work so much because there's two kids. Um, but yeah, I, I'm i grateful that your job put you on hold f- for a while. Um, I'm grateful we went through what we went through. It was very stressful <laughs> on my end. Um, I never really showed it because I knew I couldn't show it, it would just make it, the situation work. And honestly, I don't know how I, it, it wasn't even that I couldn't show it. I wasn't even stressed. I wasn't worried. I would just say like, we're good. When a situation, because we have to make it short. I mean, we have to cut it short now. The baby's about to wake up. But there is even more than what we are talking about now that we actually went through. Um, during this time, it's just so much that we can't talk about. But every time a situation will come up, like loss of insurance, we're good, we got this. Uh, bills are due, we have to pay. Marcel would be like, We have to pay this, we have to pay this. I'll be like, We got this. Then, um, we were blessed with to get a new car. Remember, Marcel, we. We walked, because we had to upgrade our car, because um, we have two kids now, two car seats. I was like, babe, we're probably going to get this car. No, no, we don't have the money to, we walked out the same day that we walked in looking for a car, walked out with the car. Um, just, just blessings on top of, blessings on top of blessings um, just kept happening, even though there were a lot of rough patches In between those blessings. So,
0: yes, I I definitely. And then also, too,
1: sorry, this situation brought me closer to God. It brought me closer to my spiritual part of reading my Bible, praying more, um, just being positive and not letting little situations that we would consider negative be a complaint. Look it at it. Look at it. Look at it as something that is temporary, and it will get better. There's a reason why you're you have to go through this. So,
0: yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And it also taught me too that the number one thing we should always be telling each other is tomorrow's. Another day. As what my wife said, this is not permanent. Life will go on. You will get through this. And I think I'm I'd, I I wish I had this kind of mentality at the beginning. Like, hey, it's not I I figured this out at the end. When we got into the um the March phase of acceptance, like, hey, you know, shit happens, we'll get through this, we'll see what happens on the other side. Um, so now. Was I glad that this happened? No, because it was a hard lesson to learn. And it was very hard to learn it in this manner. But was it needed? Definitely. I think it changed my viewpoints and perspectives on a lot of things. I appreciate my wife way more um, in terms of her mental fortitude, her toughness, and her ability to multitask and get shit done. And again, like I said, I was not aware the amount of tasks and responsibilities she had to undertake while I was at work. I I didn't fully comprehend just how much work it was to watch a little toddler. Oh, sweet mother of God. It, it, It really is. But he is a good little boy. And he is, I think, much easier to deal with because he's he's very calm. He's a very and that's. That rubbed off on me a few times. So oh, I said, so...
1: But wait. Remember during the time... This time... When he had the episode... Oh, my God. With the, with the reaction. Remember?
0: Was it when...
1: And how we broke down... We both broke down crying. Oh, yes.
0: Oh, my God. And again, stress levels. That that boosted it. I that think that happened in February. That was another
1: time... Right? When you had a breakdown.
0: Yeah, I think that happened in February. He had a reaction... To wait, what was it? no wait, I'm sorry.
1: moxicillin.
0: No, no, but what what triggered
1: what his ears. Yes. He had an ear okay. infection.
0: So that's what it was. He was pulling on his ears a lot. And we took him up to the uh pediatrician, paid out of pocket, and we were like, Hey, you know, he's pulling on his ears, and she's like, Oh yeah, it looks like he has a little fluid in there. We're gonna give him baby amoxicillin to take and that should clear it up. And he was fine. It was a 10-day course. He was fine through the first nine days. That 10th day, I remember I remember it like yesterday. I woke up in the morning, went to wake him up. I was like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Changing his clothes. And I noticed on his, I think it was on his face, it was like red.
1: Yeah. It definitely was his face because <laughs> it was his face, you're right? trying to blame the hair products. I put it on yeah. him.
0: Yeah. And I was just like... Whoa, buddy, your cheek is pretty red there. What the hell is that? It looks like a rash. Didn't think too much of it. And within 24 hours, that rash was all over his entire body. He started itching. And I i, I feel so hard. Oh my, I feel like I'm about to cry even talking about this. Like, that little boy is so tough because... He was in pain because it it was itching him a lot, and I did my research, and it's it's not an allergic reaction; it's just a rash kids get. I guess it's from too much. I I don't know. Whatever the case is, it was bad. We had to run out and get um not band we had to get we got band we got the
1: so we we took it to took him to the doctor. We did an emergency, mind you. We don't have insurance, so I'm pretty sure Marcel's freaking out about. The insurance, and I'm just like, just take him to urgent care. That's why you have credit cards, P- pay whatever we have to pay. Take him to urgent care. The urgent care lady was like, just all you can do is give him Benadryl. Mind you, this is his third day of having a bad reaction. So, and he's itching really bad. So, we give him the Benadryl. The Bill and Drill is not helping. So, remember, we called Mimi. Mimi is my mom. She, that's what she wants to be called as a grandmother. So we call Mimi and Mimi tells us to get the um make the oatmeal paste and get um what was that called? Uh the pink lotion. It's like oh, when calamine, you had calamine, calamine lotion. Calamine lotion. So for future reference, guys, old school stuff does work. So one of the tricks for your kids if they're having a bad reaction. Take oatmeal, make it into, get it water, um, make it into kind of like a paste, like almost like a mask and apply it over your kid. Is it messy? Yes. That when it dries, it gets a little flaky and it might get all over your house, but it's not horrible to where you can't clean it up. When I tell you we put that on the baby He just kept, like, it felt like relief. I specifically remember it was, like, 1130 or 12 o'clock. Marcel's like, well, I'm going to go get the lotion because he saw it when he got to get the Benadryl. I was like, it doesn't make no sense. Might as well get it when you have to move the car at 5 in the morning. He'll be fine. Let's just do the oatmeal pace. That boy, because he was fine during the day because he's busy. But at night he will be itching like on fire because he has to focus on that. I remember that baby staying up from 12 to 5 watching TV because he was in pain. And Marcel stayed up with him because I remember coming out. I was like, what are you guys doing? He's like, I couldn't go to sleep. He's not sleeping. I said, oh, my God. And so every two hours, by the way, I had to keep applying the pace because after two hours, he would start itching again. But anyway, we do the paste, we do the lotion, and he had to be looking like a powder, look like ghosts for like a week. And so it took a week for him to get over that. I remember in the morning, and this is probably when I'm going to tear up, um, because it was really bad. And like Marcel said, we didn't have insurance so we had to make it work. And I remember, and this is what I had in my breakdown. I'm probably going to have my breakdown now. Um, we given him a bath in the morning, the oatmeal bath. And we always ask Bryce, how do you feel? And that baby felt so good with the oatmeal bath. He kept saying, good, good. And it just melted our hearts. I mean, our hearts, because he couldn't even speak. He was in so much pain. Right, babe? Didn't that time just melt you?
0: I mean, that, I remember th- the time that triggered me was, the, it was the nighttime. And I don't know if you remember this. And I, I, I literally was just tearing up a yeah, second. Yeah, you were. Because <laughs> I was literally just tearing up a second, just thinking about it. So basically, this was the, the height when it was really bad. Because like my wife said at nights, because he's not distracted, he, he feels all the itching and he starts focusing on it. And it was like he was crying. Like he would not go to sleep. He just kept crying and crying and crying. And I'm stressing out because I'm just like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And Whitney's like, rub the oatmeal on him. And it's not helping. Like it will calm him down for a second. And then literally, because we had him on the bed. And you would see him, his face would scrunch up. And then he would start just scratching all over. And I was just like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to go get the calamine lotion. I, I I can't do this. And I remember I ran out. Thank God there was a 24-hour uh, Rite Aid. Ran, came back. And no, no, before we ran out, we were, I don't even remember if it was before or after. Either way, we rubbed the, the lotion on him. Or it was the oatmeal, whichever one it was. And he was in pain, he was crying. And then like, even while he was crying, look, the kid was like, looking at us was just like, we was like, you're okay. He was like, mm mm-hmm, I'm okay, good, 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 good. Yay. yay, yay. Like yay was his way of saying like, I'm okay, I'm, I'm okay. okay. And he'd be like, yeah. And I, I kid you not, like he's like, even now, that shit makes me want to cry. Cause I was just like, I felt horrible. And I felt bad because I felt like it was my fault that he was in this shit. I, like, I don't have fucking his insurance was me. Like I was supposed to make sure that he was good. Like, like he has insurance. If anything happens to me, go to the fucking doctor and get checked. And I I failed him. And I felt like fucking shit that night. Cause I was like, yo, what the fuck am I doing with my life? That was rough. That was a rough. And it's funny because you you don't think about it when you hear parents tell you, like, yo, there's going to come a time where there's nothing you can do for your child. You might be in the worst pain ever. There's nothing you can do. All you can do is just try to keep him calm and, and, and kind of just get through it. But you're going to feel like shit because there's nothing you can do because it's out of your hands. You just got to let it play out. And, and that night was rough. That fucking night was rough, man. I, like... You just feel fucking helpless looking at him in pain. And he's just trying to be tough. He's just like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And then he would say that. And then five minutes later, he starts screaming again. And you're just like, yo, what the fuck? Like, yeah. But anyways.
1: Yeah, that was definitely a a reference. I'm sorry. He didn't say good when we gave him a bath. And that's why we're both having our breakdown now. Um, But when we gave him a bath in the morning with the oatmeal and we asked him how he felt, he just kept saying, yay, yay. And that's how we knew, like, he feels better. Like, he needed this bath. But, hey, when we had to figure it out, we figured it out. Um, Shout out to Mimi for the, the tip. But another tip before we go. Just remember, guys, whenever your kids get sick, however long it takes for them to heal from their cold, that's how long it's going to take for them to get back into their routine of sleeping through the night, if they're sleeping through the night. So it took Bryce a week to get over this um, sickness, and so it was a week of crying out for an hour, when, mind you, at the time, because now we have a crier, Miss Marley, we weren't used to crying. So, that's just, just to let you guys know if you have having kids or you have kids, whatever they're sick, however long it takes for them to get over it, that's how long it's going to take them to get back on the routine. But that's my conclusion for this. I don't know if you have anything else to say. Miss Marley P is waking up. So, I. Well, we need to go, babe.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah. Sorry about that. I got a little emotional there. All right. So, yeah. So that was basically my my stints uh, with depression. That was another reason why the podcast kind of got shut down. Was uh, when he got pregnant, then that happened, and we just weren't. We I wasn't in a good place to do it, and I I just didn't want to do it. She was still willing to do it. I wanted no parts of it. I was just like, fuck this. I need time to myself. Um, but yeah, we, we gotta go. Um the young Marley P is about to start going off for her milk. Uh, <laughs> her breast uh, milk. You just had to throw that in there.
1: Yes, her breast milk.
0: Oh Lord. Mute your <laughs> mic. Mute your mic. All right, guys. Well, listen, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this. This was a really um deep podcast. It. <laughs> Very emotional, but also very, I think it was good to talk about it, to kind of get it open the air and get it out. And like Whitney said, you know, she might have learned a few things just by me talking here because I'm not a very expressive in terms of emotions. Um, So hopefully, you know, we'll be able to use this to even bring us even closer. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I look forward to uh, the next one. And as always, peace. Peace.